What's Tyler's opening? I'm now getting it confused with the Smartless opening. Welcome, welcome, welcome. But that's um, Will Arnett, not Shyler. <laughs> you remember the name of the podcast? Yeah, it's Nick's Boots Start to Finish. I work here. <laughs> I've been on this podcast before, but I have not hosted a podcast. Well, it's anyway. a first for everyone. Yeah. Except for you two. Not me. Welcome to the Nick's Boots podcast from start to finish. I'm Rebecca Burnham, the customer service manager, and I am joined today by Andrew Seismanski, Hello. who is, what is your title in production? Bootmaker lead? Boot. Maker man, it's it's pretty informal. Okay. <laughs> and what do you what do you do in production on a normal um, day? A lot of quality checks and quality fixes, but a bit of everything: bottoming, lasting, boot building in general. And you came from another boot company, correct? I started at Nick's first. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that actually. Right. So I was back in the old building. I think 2017, 16, 17 mm-hmm. ish. And then I was here for like two and a half years doing a bit of firefighting. Then I was like, I want to, you know, try something new. So I did firefighting, landscaping, but then I I liked boots a lot. So I was like, well, I'll just check out whites. So I went to whites Mm -hmm. for a little bit and then, uh, no, I like Nick's. I'm back. Good. That's what I like to hear. Um, I didn't know you did firefighting either. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so I asked Andrew to come on the podcast today because uh, as customer service manager, we get a lot of questions from customers about why is my boot doing this? Is this a problem? How do I solve this comfort issue? And we have standard responses that we give people. Um, but I think a lot of it just boils down to oftentimes people come to us and their only experience with footwear is mass produced non-leather footwear. Um, And so that was a learning curve for me as well. When I started just that an all leather boot is different than mass produced footwear. So it behaves differently. It does different things. It feels different. It's heavier, um, all those sorts of things. So I just wanted to go over a couple of those things with you today and see if you can give us a little bit more of a detailed explanation as to why these things happen. Um, But just as a preliminary question, what in your opinion makes an all leather construction better than mass produced or what are the pros and cons? I like the longevity for sure. They're, they're a lot tougher and they last a lot longer. Like I've had the same, the ones I'm wearing now aren't the boots that I first started with, but, um, I had this, I have the same pair of boots for this whole, since I've started making Mm -hmm. boots, firefighting, casual wear, never got a rebuild, just got a one resole just from going from firefighting to more casual. I didn't want the lug. Um, but the longevity and the comfort, I guess, too. But the comfort definitely comes later. Yeah. <laughs> How long did it take you to break in your first pair of boots? Well, two days because I wore them for <laughs> two days. I bought them for firefighting and gotcha. um, I just wore them on shift and I just slept in them. And it was pretty painful, but <laughs> but they broke in, you know. I mean, it's the same amount of time, right? But, yeah, you know, sure. But it was fast, right? So, yeah. Um, well, one issue that we've gotten a couple of emails about recently is just footbed bumps or mm-hmm. the insole being hard. Um, yeah. We've got a cross section of a boot here if that helps you explain anything at all. Sure. But. Um, yeah, it's definitely something you get used to that, that leather insole. Um, I'd say like the foot bumps, those are going to be predominantly 
the nails, right? So we lay them flat. Um, so unless it's like something that's pokey mm-hmm. and it, that's actually causing you like sharp pain, the bumps do get better as you wear that the leather kind of softens, breaks down a little bit, the weight of your foot. So um, finishing, they have this metal piece of rebar and they knock down all the nails nice and flat, the ones that aren't. Um, handled by the last because Mm -hmm. the last has a metal bottom and the nails get driven through and they clench over and usually that's enough. Um, But sometimes there's soft spots so that nail will stick all the way up and they have to be clipped and laid. And sometimes, rarely, it'll prematurely clench where it's not, it hasn't made it all the way through Mm -hmm. the layers. So it just kind of curled in there. And sometimes that might get missed by finishing, but personally I've never had many problems with footbed bumps, things like that. Um, Something else that could happen is if your insole is a little thinner on the outskirts and then we go to pull the leather, sometimes it can fold over on itself and then that might take a little bit longer to break in than if that didn't happen. Right. Um, But generally the leather will just kind of sort itself out. Um, And also try quality thicker socks. Right. Mm -hmm. I usually only wear darn toughs. Um, They're very comfortable and they last, you know, I think they have a lifetime guarantee, don't they? Yeah. So a little bit of a plug there. (laughs) Sponsor us. Um, But yeah, there's definitely a noticeable difference when I wear a thinner sock. You know, I have some off brand socks that I wear sometimes and the feel is noticeably different. I can feel a bit more of my mm-hmm. boot than if I'm wearing a boot sock. Yeah. Yeah. I don't wear boot socks. No. And I can feel everything. Yeah. I wear like Vans slip on. Yeah. Very thin socks. Why don't you get some <laughs> thicker Marie? I mean, we saw I could, them, you know? It's just yeah. never bothered me. So, yeah. and those are the socks I had. So that's what I wear. Have you ever worn a darn tough? They're, they're really I nice. I have a pair of darn yeah. tufts. I wear them around the house. Mm-hmm. But, I've but not never in a boot. <laughs> yeah. them in a boot. And it no. might change your size a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. it does snug things up. Yeah. Um, and then another big one that comes up often from customers is squeaks, um, mm-hmm. which again, I think is often because that's not usually something you'll find yeah. in non-leather footwear. And this is something we're looking into. Um, I'm taking it really seriously because, you know, it's a, it's annoying, can be embarrassing. You know, if you work in a quiet office or, you know, a library maybe yeah. <laughs> you know, that's going to get annoying. Um, so we're, we're taking a look at the shape, a lot of our internal pieces. Um, so we have that long shank pointed at the camera. I don't know which camera to look at. So there's, there's this long shank cover piece um, and it kind of wise out. It's hard to see with this, this boot in half, um, but it kind of has a, a larger surface area and we're going to kind of, take that down a bit we have been lately um though we've talked to our our leather um distributor and we've sent them some patterns and we're we're getting our first run soon Mm -hmm. of our of our new shank piece shank cover piece um and then also where we place our nails um if you look at some of the older constructions after they've been taken apart um, a lot of those nails are placed further back and so that gives more opportunity for that the surface area of the shank to kind of as you're walking as you're stepping 
you know, that's a flex point right there. And that's going to cause pressure and heat mm-hmm. and tension. And that's going to move that back and forth. And then there's a possibility that it can come up and even ironically squeak against the squeak pad, you know. <laughs> so we've been placing um, a lot of our nails at the edge of that and even trimming to the nail to lessen the amount of surface area that could delaminate and cause squeaking issues. Gotcha. Um, so squeaks are primarily caused by leather layers rubbing together. Yes. There's some other things like um, if you, if a nail head has come off or the nail wasn't clenched all the way, that moving in and out of the layers could also, it's like that, that metal on leather squeaking mm-hmm. back and forth. Um, most of our squeaks and most of squeaks in boots do happen along sort of that kind of pressure point. Um, and a lot of shoes in general kind of have issues in that if you take like a pair of shoes and you bend it, you can see, you know, right along where you're actually, where your foot kind of comes up, where you can have like blistering in that area, mm-hmm. squeaks in that area. And then sometimes also in the shank, or sorry, the um, counter pocket area, if these layers aren't sanded well enough, you get some squeaking. Um, but it's not going to be as often or as noticeable as in that sort of flex point area. Gotcha. So sometimes when a customer reaches out about a squeak, um, if it doesn't go away on its own, like if it's brand new and it's squeaking, we just tell Mm -hmm. them to wear it. Sometimes those layers settle, it'll stop squeaking. If that doesn't happen, sometimes we recommend a resole, but we always preface that we can't guarantee that's going to fix the problem. Can you address why that may or may not fix it? Right. So when we're doing a resole, usually we're not taking off that leather midsole piece. Um, and if it comes in through squeaks, we have been driving nails through that leather. For, it's normally we, we kind of tuck in, I call it tucking in the shank piece with nails, you know, along. And we kind of outline that shank, the inner shank cover piece. Um, but what we can do is we can drive nails through around where that um, the the top of the shank cover piece where they're kind of wise out, we can mm-hmm. take like two or maybe three nails and drive them through and, and ensure that they're clenched and help hold that all down. And what that also does is if there are any shank nails that are not clenched, it'll help come in and support them. And this is something that we do sometimes without a resole. We can drive it through uh, the the rubber all the way mm-hmm. and then hide the hole. There's usually not a hole with the rubber. It kind of sucks itself, you know, back into shape. Um, but we make sure it drives all the way through all the rubber pieces and clenches on the other side. Gotcha. Well, I'm glad it's something that I know it's something we've been working on for a while. Yeah. Um, just because like you said, it can be awkward or embarrassing. I think around here, we kind of like forget about that just yeah. because everybody's boots like we just hear squeaking all day kind of comes with the territory you know it is something that i think you know should be fixed if we can find a solution right i think that there is a solution um quality of construction and all that but these handmade leather products are notorious definitely for white squeaks we have squeaks that all squeaks you know (laughs) And then um, another big one that Abby was actually just talking to me about today um, is cuboid pressure. So just from um, the outside of the boot right here, these three layers of leather are, um, even on the inside, you can see the the stitching overlaps there. 
Um, oh yeah. I assume there's not much more to say about that, but no, it just kind of, I mean, it sucks. I have the same problem when I break in boots, thicker socks do help. Um, but yeah, the cuboid is a hot spot for me. Um, not so much now I've, you know, I've broken in, I think five or six pairs at this point and you just kind of get used to it. It's not really a good answer, I know, yeah. but um, we're, we're, we're looking at some different constructions as well, um, kind of s- separating those layers, spreading out the stitching. So instead of all three layers kind of coming in at once, maybe we have a little bit of relief where the, you know, we'll have the, the quarter stitching kind of come more into the, the front half of your cuboid past it and then shorten up the um, counter or possibly extending the counter further up. Um, mm-hmm. So it'll just take some R&D to figure out which iteration works best. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just the typical hotspot. It really sucks. Yeah. And again, to your earlier point, I assume that's common with whites and other brands as well. For me. Just yeah, that's definitely. The, that's the classic yep. PNW logger mm-hmm. patterning. And then, you know, once it breaks in, it's pretty, you know, it, it, it does go away. And if it doesn't, um, stretching is available. Um, a little bit of extra pounding. Um, you know, I, I spoke earlier of the finishing process where they have that rebar and the, and the hammer and they kind of soften some of the spots. Um, services like that are available. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we, we take some of those in with our products. Um, though there are local cobblers who I'm sure can do the same. Yep. Which, when I first started, a lot of times we would just tell customers, just do it yourself, just stick something yeah, down you can there do and hammer away at as it. Well, yeah. But um, I'm often surprised at how low tech most of our solutions are. Yeah. Like, I just, I wonder what customers think we're doing as opposed yeah. to, like, if they saw that we're actually, like, literally just hammering things. Yeah, it's super old school, really cool art. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then delamination's another one. Mm. Um, I know. I'm still learning a lot about delamination, just like what areas is it common and what areas should we be a little bit more concerned if we see delamination prematurely? And there's, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these issues are very broad, right? Um, You know, if you're a firefighter and you're doing a lot of wildland fire and you're going to deal with heat, you can see more uh, delamination than someone who wears boots around the office, right? If you, if you're a super casual wearer, I don't think you should see much delamination, and it does depend on the construction as well, right? Um, so say like you have a stitch through, um, that will probably have less problems delaminating than one that has a stitch pattern where it goes through the midsole and the rubber slip sole, and then the outsole is glued on. And sometimes you can't help that because it's it's all a, a game of thickness. How thick can the stitcher stitch? Mm-hmm. Um, but... As a whole, I don't think that a customer should see delamination and it's a sign of something that has gone wrong, right? Not enough glue coverage, maybe um, the the heating times are off. Some of our, our, our glues are heat activated, um, improper sanding, you know, things like that. So it's concerning and it should be fixed. It's definitely a... So I'm hoping customers don't see it too often. I don't, I don't, I'm not up front to. It isn't usually, so like new boots, if there's delamination, we're like, yeah, that should not be Mm -hmm. happening. We'll take it back. But say a customer's had boots for six months, they're Mm -hmm. working 
they're in construction. Mm-hmm. Their boots are otherwise still in pretty good condition, but they're right. just seeing some delamination on like the outer edges. If it's stitched through, it's on the outside of that right. stitch. Um, I think that's probably most common because right. you just start to see that outer edge start to separate a little bit. Um, and typically what we tell people is that's not a huge dur- durability issue. Right. It might start to separate a little bit. If it gets worse, let us know. Little gaps for sure. I mean, especially if you're working with heat, like I said, firefighting or if you're in um, like construction, if you're standing on hot asphalt, you will see a little bit because our glue is heat activated. Mm-hmm. Um, our white glue is. And I know we're looking into different um, gluing methods. Uh, we got some pretty cool stuff that I, I can't wait to try out. Um I don't want to say anything, you know, I don't want to give anything away for like some, you know, home kits or anything like that. But, um, yeah, a little bit I'd say is fine. I'm talking more like, you know, like full on, you got like big smiles, we call them in the front and stuff. Um, we definitely don't want to see that, but a little bit of gapping I think is fine. A a tiny bit. (laughs) Um, I guess the other thing we see is it starts as a tiny gap and then people get worried about it. That's so they true. Start yeah. Don't pull on, on it. it. Yeah. yeah. Cause you can, yeah. Exasper, exasperate it. Well, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, so the rest of these, this is probably more of a sewing question, but you, you might have some insight into these as well. Um, instep pressure specifically like right between these sets of eyelets, um, oh, like yeah. right here. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just people lacing too tightly, right. um, but sometimes I think it's just the where the gusset attaches yeah. to the rest of the boot. Yeah, I think that's another um, break-in issue, a little bit at least. Um, sometimes like the eyelet might fall into a slightly uncomfortable position. You have a, um, a bone on the top of your instep there that could rub. Um, I've like, I have kind of skinnier feet, so on like the, the outstep, the cuboid, and then on top, the, that bone is super you know, protruding predominant. Um, so I do get a little bit of rubbing, like you said, lacing, um, don't lace too loosely, but there's different lacing methods that you can do. Or if you wear your false tongues, um, that's another good solution. And then again, thicker socks, that helps a lot. You'd be surprised what a nice thick sock can do (laughs) and, you know, make sure that you, um, compensate in your fitting, like make sure you know what socks you're going to be wearing. But thicker socks, quality thick socks help a lot for break-in and overall comfort. Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, a lot of customers who switched to us for mass-produced boots have never had, like, gusseted footwear. Um, so there's kind of a, a learning curve that comes with that. They don't know how to fold them mm. or the way they've folded it makes it uncomfortable when you lace them up. Right. Um, sometimes people can't get their foot in the first couple times they're wearing the boots um, how do you, how do you accommodate for that? How do you adjust to, um, I think do, I think there's, uh, do we have a guide for folding tongue on website? You know, I don't think we do. Uh, we, 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 we might want to put one up, but usually, uh, you kind of pinch it in the middle, you pull up and then you kind of fold it off to one side or the other. Um, and then I, I keep saying it, it's a, you know, the, the leather will get used to, the shape of your foot, the shape of your leg, the way you fold it, the way you walk. Um, and it'll feel more comfortable as you go on. So, um, fold it, you know, in the middle. So like kind of pinch the top and the bottom and just fold it over and then lace up. Um, as for fitting in, um, that kind of, it can go either way, right? You sh- if, if you can get your foot in once you should be fine. Right. 
Um, uh, when I when I first started, I actually did a bit of fitting, and we always looked for that chord. It's sort of like that sucking sound, you know, where your heel just kind of gets seated in the back. So I'm a big fan of a super tight fit. Um, though if you have very wide feet um, or very wide ankles or calves, maybe, um, you know, look into getting your tongues bellowed or maybe an extra large tongue. Mm-hmm. Those, those should help with, with getting your foot in. Um, but what, if you can get your foot in once, it should be fun because everything will yeah. soften up for sure. Yeah. And I think that probably softens up faster than the rest of the boot. So yeah. And pull loops help make sure, you yes. know, I wouldn't, I would, I would try to get your boots on from a sitting position. That way you're not putting pressure, uh, added pressure on your, on it gets, spreads everything out, you know? Yeah. Um, so those are pretty much the big issues. Um, well, they're not big issues, most common issues right. that we hear from customers. Um, is there anything else you can think of that would help people adjusting to an all leather boot who maybe have not had them before? Um, there, there are some products that exist that you can use. Um, I would be careful with some, uh, you don't want to ruin your leather, but there are like leather softeners, um, that you can use on the outside of your boot that might help um, if the boot is too um, big, but it's just like a little bit too big or you're kind of in between sizes, you can compensate. But yeah, for, for overall comfort, I would say your sock wear is super important. And then um, look into your lacing. Um, yeah, maybe some boot stretch, maybe get your boots slightly wet. This is kind of an old school thing. I don't know if we still... <laughs> But uh, when I when I first started fitting back in like 2017, um, we would tell people to get their boots wet. Um, we actually don't do that much now, even with stretches. We don't really get them mm-hmm. them super wet. I know that we do. So when we are doing um, lasting, we will sometimes if the the leather is very thick and boardy, we'll kind of we have a one to one alcohol spray, um, and that. The alcohol's there to help um, evaporate quicker right. so the boot doesn't sit and is wet for too long. Um, and that'll help soften up the leather a little bit, but use it pretty sparingly. You don't want to ruin the leather <clears throat> or have like mildew problems <laughs> or anything <laughs> like that, you know? Yeah. I know when I first started, that's something we used to recommend. I think we stopped just because like in most cases when someone is reaching out saying my boots don't fit, it was just because they needed a width wider. Yeah, so yeah. we've stopped recommending it just because we exchange now. And right. so we were like, well, if it's too tight, we'll just exchange for a wider width. There's no need to like try breaking them in or stretching them yourself because we'll just exchange it for and you. You know, the people, you know, sometimes can get carried away, right? Yeah. There's, there are metal nails in your boots and you don't want to cause issues like rusting and things like that um, by filling your boot full of water, yeah. you know? Yeah, we've we get emails from people who've tried some very interesting things. Yeah. trying to break in their boots. That and if you do do that, try to get your boot dry as quick as possible. Yeah. But don't use the microwave. Not the microwave. That was an email. Yeah, you'll once. ruin your microwave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that was all the questions I had for Andrew. Thanks. I know you're staying. Oh well, I think I got you out on time. That's perfect. Still. Yeah. So, thanks. Thanks so much for your time. Yeah, for sure. Nick's boots, we're the best.
Make sure nice. you wear nice thick socks too. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of uh, darn tough plugging in. I know, I love it. They're my favorite. I'll say, I love darn. Yeah.